0: It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your
1: hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield and John Miracle. Pipe's episode 131. We have a special guest in the house tonight. We're going to be talking to Mr. Sean Birch, who's traveled across Europe on his motorcycle several times. He's been to our favorite place, the Isle of Man for the TT. And we'll talk about a bunch of other riding that he's been doing. But first the co-host with the most who we waited for while he shoved his face, Johnny, John (laughs) spider silk. What's happening, man. I'm
2: trying to get some dropped on my stomach and you're ready to go, man. What's up with that? I usually have another 15 minutes. On it. You usually have another 15 minutes before you're even ready to go.
1: John's like, early for us is like 9.15. So at nine o'clock, he's like, wait, what? We're ready?
2: Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) what's going on here? (laughs) Wow. I'm all confused. I guess Rich got to talk to the boys, the wife. He's got everything settled at home. He's got his work done. All right. Well.
1: All right. So most importantly, John.
2: Yeah. Why are you drinking, John? Uh, I, I, I'm going to be my good old Jim Bean fire again tonight. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, the fire is out. Got, you got to take it easy, though, because I got to ride in the morning, or uh, tomorrow. Well, no, Friday morning. Friday morning. So
1: Okay, okay. Can't can't,
2: can't drink too much because I got to be ready to work tomorrow. I got to get up early. I got to take an early nap or go to sleep for a few hours. as I was told about my naps. That's right.
0: Yeah, nap can't be more than two hours, John.
2: Well, this one hopefully right. be a few hours because I gotta get up at like uh, what time I gotta get? Up? I gotta get up at like twelve thirty. Is the latest I gotta get up, and I gotta be rolling by one, and that's in the AM. Yeah, that's that's early. All right, Richie, Rich, what you drinking, my friend?
1: I have an old standby. I've got the Goose Island IPA. It's not bad.
2: Not bad. All right. It's
1: a draft beer from downstairs. Did they hand oh, deliver it to you, oh, too? No, man, I walked down there and got it myself. Oh, I thought you'd have room service and everything. <laughs> elevator, my friend, elevator. All right, all right. So. All right, well, let's bring in our special guest, and we'll get his beverage. You've heard the giggle a couple times. Mr. Sean Birch comes to us from Edgefield, South Carolina. I believe I have that correct. You um, do. His, his shop, he titles Antique Cycles Edgefield, and I have a good story about that in a minute. We're on to hear all about his travels, trips, tribulations, and most importantly, the Isle of Man TT. So, Sean, welcome to Loud Pipes.
0: Hey, thanks, guys. It's great to be here.
1: No problem. And are you partaking in our beverage?
0: Yeah, it's... uh. Just tonight, just having the uh, the Stella Artois, you know, since we we're going to talk about Europe travel, go with European beer.
1: Very nice. Very nice. Well, let's not delay. Let's fire off the new topics. Okay, before we get too far... And before we get into the background introduction, I have a funny story on your Antique Cycle's Edgefield. Okay. (laughs) So when I I first saw your email, so, so the background is Sean reached out to us over email and said he was looking for podcasts on the Isle of Man on Spotify, I think it was. Yep. You were looking originally? And then he stumbled across our show, which I thought was pretty cool since now I know the Spotify feed works. (laughs) <laughs> and when I first saw that that name Antique Cycles Edgefield I'm going, "Wait a minute. Is he in the UK?" And it took me a while to realize you're just down the road in South Carolina. Absolutely. So that's pretty cool.
0: And if you see my uh my logo, uh some people wonder if I ripped it off of the Ace Cafe and uh, absolutely yes I did, but I've met <laughs> the I've met the owner and he gave me full permission to use it, so.
1: That's awesome, yeah, so good on you that's a that's a good looking logo um so let's go ahead give the give the listeners a little background about tell us about what kind of bikes you ride, how long you've been riding and and then we want to get into some trip specifics
0: okay, cool um i got I kind of got into riding bikes uh late in life for for a lot of folks i mean i was I was almost thirty before I started riding. Um, it, it just been one of those Ooh. things that I I grew up working at a service station, my dad on a service station. So we always, uh, we built race cars and hot rods, but you know, n- not really motorcycles. And then I got about 30 and I said, man, I have always wanted a bike. So there was a guy in town, had an old Honda CX 500, didn't want much for it. I said, you know, it looks fun. So I, I bought it and my wife didn't speak to me for three days and that's no lie. (laughs) And, um, you know, kind of learned to ride, just, just kind of took my time and learned to ride. And then as I, as I got into it, just like with everything I do, when I, when I got into it, you kind of go full, you know, go whole hog in it and start doing everything and learning everything about it. And, um, I took a couple of trips, some, some buddies from town here were going to, uh, to the mountains one day. And so I rode with them and really liked it. And then, uh, you know, a little while later, they were going down to Myrtle Beach for bike week. So, you know, I rode that little CX 500 all the way to, to Myrtle <laughs> Beach. And I'm going to tell you, that will beat you, you know, immensely. It's, uh, it, it, but it was so much fun. I, I got where I said, touring is what I want to do. So, uh, a couple years later, I was changing jobs and I had the opportunity to take a few weeks off. So, uh, another friend of mine said, Hey, let's take a road trip. And and we took seven days did about 1700 miles around the blue Ridge. And, and I took my dad's old goal wing, had an old 80 goal wing and, and man, that was just, it. that was, you know, touring was what, what, what spoke to me and, yeah. uh, and just had such a, it's such a great experience. And so it's, uh, it's been kind of a strange ride, but, uh, now to, to go from, you know, I'm only 44 now. So to go for 14 years from, you know, just, just buying your first bike and really learning to ride to you know traveling the world i've ridden a motorcycle through 20 countries now so um it's kind of kind of a big nice. uh, big thing
1: very nice so what what kind of bikes are you riding nowadays what's your current current ride
0: okay my my main ride my main uh two up touring ride for me and the wife is a uh, a 97 goldwing gl1500 uh i've had it okay. for most of its life it's um it's got about 80000 miles on it now and then I've got a, um, a 2003 ST 1300 sport tour that I kind of use for like, like one up touring and, uh, also, uh, lend it to friends. I have a lot of friends now from overseas that come over and ride. So it's the bike I lend them, um, them, you know, with my antique bikes, I've got a, a 1971 BMW R 75 slash five. That's kind of my, that that's my main, my, my main vintage bike that I like to ride around. Um, and then I've got a 1966 Honda 305 dream that's fully restored that I've had just for a few months now. And that's just such a fun little bike, but the, those are the bikes that are all titled and insured. I have about 20 others that are in various states of disrepair.
1: So, uh, Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, everything <laughs> sounds like from, a, a future road trip.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. You should come see the uh, collection of junk as my wife calls it. But, uh, you know, I, I look at it as, as, you know, my stable, you know, but, but I've got everything from, uh, I've got two old 1968 Galara, uh, Italian motorcycles that were sold by Sears. Uh, I've got a 72 BMW R 60 airhead that I'm working on. Probably end up being a cafe project. Uh, mm-hmm. got a couple of, um, CB 500, uh, Hondas that I'm working on. I'll probably take two bikes and make one good one out of it, you know, and i got a bunch of old gold wings too. I can say gold wings is kind of how I started and, and it's still my, still kind of my passion so i got a couple old gold wings that i'm working on so
1: yeah i was really kind of digging the well i still am the the original gl 1000 uh we found uh randall I'm trying to think of his last name is it randall washington
2: Yeah, yeah. So runs
1: uh yeah. Randack cycle shack yep so we found his original supercharged gold wing and that was pretty cool and that kind of got me thinking to you know to get an old one especially like the first generation and just turn it into a custom bike. So those are pretty cool.
0: Those GL1000s make really cool custom bikes. You've seen, uh, if you look around, you'll see a lot of those that people have either, you know, done, you know, a little bit crazy things like making a bobber or a cafe racer out of them. But they really, really make just nice naked cruisers. I mean, if you just keep them original, what what you'd call in the Goldwing World, you just call a standard, no fairing no right. bags. and, and those right there's super bikes those are just i mean they're they're so great the only the only thing i don't like about those old bikes is four carbs man it's just if you leave this (laughs) thing sitting up and it's just such a pain to keep them going so
1: (laughs) yeah the the thing that excited me about those from a custom sense is the tank is not is not above the engine where you think it is so that opens up you know all sorts of crazy intake options for that bike absolutely it's a room up there yep
0: I'll tell you, uh, the, one of the last uh, GL 1100s I sold was a bike that I had uh, put a single carb conversion on. They make a single carb conversion for a Volkswagen carburetor. Man, that thing is it's such a, it makes it so easy. It's, uh, it's really a good uh, upgrade.
1: Nice. All right. Well, let's get a little bit into some of your European touring that you've done over the years. And I think before you give us a specific trip, and you, know, you can start anywhere you want. Just give us a little thought on your philosophy because we talked offline a little bit, just kind of how you guys travel, you know, just everyday people, you know, like you said, not necessarily flush with cash, neither are we. <laughs> so just kind of traveling around the world and, you know, seeing the sights on a budget. So part of the conversation is maybe we can get some good tips and, and tricks out of how to do that as well.
0: Absolutely. And that's what I really like to uh, to share with people is uh, that, you know, when you think about, you know, when I tell people, oh, I, I travel Europe every year on a motorcycle, I mean, they just, you know, they look at you like you just must be, you must be dripping money, but it's just not I always. They're people, thinking bankroll. Bankroll. <laughs> I say we're the poor, we're the poorest people ever to tour Europe on a motorcycle. I can promise you that. But, um, but really it's, um. It's funny because you know when it is, it's something like that. When you think about it, you're like, oh man, that's just like a bridge too far. It's just, it's, it's too, it's, it's too much money. It's, it's too hard Mm -hmm. to do the logistics on it. But if you just decide that's what you want to do, and and you end up, you know, researching it, you can do it. And I think that, you know, my wife Lynn and I, we're living proof of that. We. Now we do it through the help of a lot of friends we have. We've met a lot of friends over the years that um okay. that that keep a bike for us in Europe that we that we use and that uh that put us up from time to time in different places and uh and it makes it easier. It really does, you know, when when you know when you already know somebody there, uh that that makes it a lot easier. But but really the the one thing I will say is is that if you just plan, if you if you if you sit down and you plan okay This is what my plane ticket, you know, research. This is what my plane ticket is going to cost. This is how many days I'm going to go for. This is how much fuel mileage I get. This is how much, you know, this is how much it's going to cost. This is the exchange rate right now. And this is how much cash I'll need. Uh, And you break it down. I, I mean, I tell people all the time, we go tour Europe for two weeks every year on a motorcycle for cheaper than you could go to Myrtle Beach and rent a house for two weeks.
1: Absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. Nice. So you hear that, John? I, I can't do this without you, I think is what he's saying.
0: That's right. You need John. You <laughs> that, need John. That
1: planning part is going to be tough. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. All right.
2: <laughs> but i
0: I tell you, I'll kind of tell you how I started with this. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that my first bike was a little CX 500 and, uh, mm-hmm. as I wanted to fix it and customize it, uh, I got into a go you know a um an internet forum back before Facebook took over the world people used to have internet forums for different you know any any kind oh, yeah. of subject if you collect stamps or whatever you do but but especially with motorcycles for every brand, genre of motorcycle, there's a there's a, a Facebook page and there was a guy named Chopper Charles that used to run a page for CX and GL 500 and 650 uh Hondas, the old uh, what they call Honda Goozies with the um the opposed V-twin uh Honda. So uh I used to use that to kind of get tech tips and figure out how to fix stuff. And then when I ended up with my dad's uh Goldwing I had a question about the Goldwing, so I asked on the forum, and they're like, hey, you need to go to this other forum, goldwingfacts.com, uh, Steve Saunders' uh, Goldwing Forum from Ireland. Go on there, and there's you know 40,000 Goldwing members on there, and man, they'll help you with everything. So I did. I went on there, and I asked a question, and the first person to answer my question was uh, a guy named, his screen name was Silver Fox, and it turned out to be uh, Pete Ticehurst, who is now One of my best friends in the world, the one who uh, keeps a bike for me to use over there, and the guy I stay with, him and his wife, Helen. uh, And it just, you know, kind of blossomed into a friendship. They were coming over here for a little rally we were having, and I I let them use a spare bike I had. And then they're like, hey, come over next year and come to our rally, and and we'll get you a bike to use. And so, you know, that's how it starts, and the rest is history.
1: And what kind of bike do you have stored in Europe? Is that an ST as well? It's a,
0: yep. It's a 98 ST 1100. And, um, the story behind that is, is one of our other members from the Goldwing site, um, was a guy named motorcycle Pete, motorcycle Pete Bateman, uh, from Oregon. And he always wanted to tour Europe and he went over and did it one year uh, and he rented a bike. Well, it cost him so much money to rent a bike. He's like, man, I could just buy a bike. So he did, got to be friends with, with my friends, uh, Pete and Helen, they ended up keeping it for him. So when he found out I was going over to, uh, to visit and to, to want to ride, he's like, man, just take my bike. I'll put you on the insurance. You know, it only gets ridden once a year when I ride it. He said, man, it'd be great for it to get ridden, you know, another two weeks. He said, go over there and use it. And, and, and that was, I mean, that's, you know, that's how generous is that? A man says, oh yeah, I got a bike in England. Just go over and ride it. You know, so that's kind of the motorcycle community, and you know, that it sums it up, you know, so.
1: So is that, that where your adventure started in, uh, in England?
0: Yeah, it your is. First trip. I, absolutely. My first trip was, um, our Goldwing club, the Goldwing forum was, they used to have an annual rally and the year that I went over in 2009, they had it in a place called Pitlockery, Scotland. They, um, you know, they just always find kind of a central place, kind of a different place to meet. And this was a, there's a nice little campground there. And they all booked into the same campground, and it was probably, I mean, it, it was a big thing. There's probably a couple hundred people that that came to that rally. Um, so I, I decided to take three weeks of vacation to go do it. So I I flew over, and the the first week I kind of, you know, first few days I kind of got my bearings because I'd never ridden uh, overseas, and especially not on the wrong side of the road as the uh, as the English do and so we uh so I, I took a couple of day trips went to a place called the first first trip ever on the sunday the first sunday i was there we went to rika's biker cafe which is at the bottom of box hill which is made famous by the uh the the song 52 vents at black lightning you know but box hill we did ride so it's a it's a mecca for motorcyclists they if the weather's nice on the weekends they all meet and ride up to box hill so Pete's like, yeah, let's ride to Box Hill, and we did that, and you know that was some good experience. And rode down to uh, Brighton one day, you know, just a little day trip, just to get your feet wet. And then uh, a couple of days later, we left on the big trip. A bunch of us from uh, from the area, same area where Pete lives near London, uh, got together and rode to uh, the east coast of England. Stayed with some friends of ours over at uh, uh, South Shields, and then we all rode from there up to the meet up in uh, Scotland, and stayed up there a few days and. Just you know, we rode in every kind of weather. It was sunny, it was rainy, it was hot, it was cold. You know, if you if you don't like the weather in uh, in the UK, just wait an hour; it'll change. So.
1: <laughs> Very nice. Did you guys get to the Ace Cafe while you were there?
0: Uh I have been by the Ace Cafe. I've never spent much time there. I've I've always it's always been on my list. I've I've gone by it um but never actually spent much time there. Uh, I did get to visit it when I was at the Isle of Man at the race. Uh they have actually have like a booth set up there. So I did get to visit and uh that's where I met the owner and uh, he gave me his wholehearted permission to use the uh the logo as I use it. So <laughs> um. that's
1: cool. Yeah, um, you got to get some swag like a hat or a shirt, so if we ever get there, we can wear it.
0: <laughs> ab- absolutely, absolutely, I sure will.
1: Very nice. So, what what other uh, memorable trips did you wanna to highlight, or maybe your favorite? So, my favorites. Okay, well,
0: like I say you know, started out just doing um, the UK. I, you know, England, Ireland, Wales. I've got a got a friend, David Williams, that lives in North Wales. I've I've gone and stayed with him a couple of times. Um, and, and just, just, just really did a bunch of miles the first two years over there, just around the UK. And then, uh, the next year, um, with another friend of mine, Ian, we, we got together and we rode over to, uh, to Holland, took the ferry to, um, to France and then rode across to Holland to the, uh, there's a motorcycle place called Biker's Best. And it is the largest gold wing distributor of parts in all of Europe. And they have a party They they have a party the Monday after Easter called past Monday. And I mean, it is huge. It was, it's a couple of thousand bikers. They have a band, they have giveaways. It's, it's uh it's, it's a, it's a big deal. So we decided, you know what? That'd be a fun trip. Let's, let's go over. So we went and stayed there, stayed close Sunday night. Then Monday we went to the party and uh, we had been kind of communicating with the owner, uh, uh John uh DeWeir, we've been talking with him right. and, and told him we were coming and and I didn't know that it was such a big deal because he had never had an American visitor to his to his party. So I got the rock star oh. treatment. I mean it was I mean when I when I say I got the rock star treatment they called the they called the T V station out to cover it and made me a t-shirt first american visitor post party biker's best i mean it was um <laughs> so that that was fun because it's probably one of the only times in my life i'll ever get the rock star treatment but that that was a lot of fun um that was my first real trip into europe you know um then the next yeah. year uh i finally one of the parts I didn't talk about when I first started, when I bought the motorcycle, I did mention that my wife didn't speak to me but th- for three days, but she did not ride at all. She would not. She said, I am not riding. And I said, that's that's your choice. That's that's fine, but I'm going to ride. Well, after I started making a couple of trips to Europe, she said, uh, that looked pretty fun. So uh, she decided she'd try it. And And once she tried it, of course, she loved it. So the next year we went over and we did a big tour of France. We went and stayed with a bunch of friends. 16 of us went over and we rented places in, um, uh, in Normandy right down in a town called Ulgat, and uh, stayed in uh, like a, almost like a campground. It's Euro camps are all over Europe. It's kind of like the good Sam RV club of, of Europe. So we all rented places there and uh, most of the crowd decided to stay there for the whole trip, which we were there for like 16 days but Lynn and I, and some other friends of ours, uh, Barry and Trevor, we took a big 2500 mile loop down through the middle of France down to uh, Spain and then back up the bordeaux coast and And that was a big proper tour. We you know we crossed the Pyrenees, um, you know got to go down to Spain. That, that was a that was a pretty cool that was a pretty cool tour.
1: So kind of the I guess the first tip then would be it sounds like you're lodging, you know, some camping you know, staying with friends, things like that. That's got to keep the cost down considerably.
2: That's a problem for I- you, Rich. Yeah, a-
0: absolutely. That is, yeah. <laughs> you, you must not like to, you must not like to camp, Rich.
2: <laughs> you know, it's not five stars, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, well I'll, I'll tell you, that is true. That is one of the things that you have to kind of uh, sacrifice. Now, when I say we camped at Euro camp, we weren't tent camping, uh, You rented what they call a caravan, what we would call like a park model mobile home. It's like a really small mobile home. Right. Uh, And we all shared, you know, we split costs. It cost us like, I think for us to stay the entire 16 days in that one, in that one place, we rented it with another couple. I think it cost us maybe, maybe 150 euros each, 200 euros each. So about 250 bucks. You know, splitting it two ways. Oh, okay. So that, as, you know, and it beats a hotel. You know, and it's it's awesome. You, you know, it's it's you can cook. You, you know, you can save you some money that way. Uh, yeah. But, but also that kind the of other
1: camping I can do. It's just roughing it is, is hard. You know, I I gotta have a good night's sleep. Gotta have a good shower. Things like that. Otherwise, it's just miserable.
0: The funny thing is, is we're we're both like that. We we don't care anything about tent camping. We you know we we've done it, but. But really, you know, I don't mind staying in a in a cheap hotel, but I, I don't right. really care about tent camping. But but the caravan we stayed in, I mean, that's the way to go. Eurocamp, camp, especially if you've got another couple or or another couple of buddies that you can split it up with. That that's the way to go. You really save money doing that. And then the other thing is, is that the um there's another hotel chain in Europe called Ibis I B I S, and basically okay. they are the Motel Six of Europe. So you can stay. You can stay there for, you know, thirty five Euros, forty Euros a night, you know, and that's I mean, you, you're not gonna stay anywhere cheaper. And a lot of times breakfast is included and you know, it's uh you gotta learn to save money, you know, when you when you do things like that. Like especially if they offer breakfast, what you do is you take your little plastic bag down there with you and um you make right. your breakfast <laughs> and you make your little sandwich for lunch and then you got two meals, you know. So save money where you can.
1: Very nice. I'm taking notes feverishly, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we'll make sure that you uh you get all the tips you need but but it is true. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, some people look at that and go, oh i don't I don't want to travel that way. well, I, hey, if you got the money, then you know it's nice to be able to roll into right. a four star hotel and and you know buy every meal and and things like that but but man, when you are poor folk, you know, and you uh, you're trying to enjoy your riding, then then you know you really need to save money where you can. So, you know, stay in a stay in a budget hotel. It's it's clean. It's you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, you right. know, save you a little money on on eating. You know, you know, make you a, make you a little sandwich at, at breakfast that you can take with you for your lunch. You know
1: how how did you fare with the with the motorcycle? Did you have many repairs or maintenance that you had to do, or was pretty? Pretty maintenance no, free I, on the ST? Yes.
0: Yeah, I'll say that the the ST, the, the we, we call her the green goddess. She is she has been a trooper. That that is it has been we've been really lucky. Haven't had any this last trip, I had one little electrical problem. I had a I had a fuse that was blown and I couldn't find it. Uh, it would it would kind of come in and out, uh, and then one day it just died and I stopped and had to tear the side of the pike down and then found where the fuse was, it was just barely, you could see where it just barely burned. So that's the only time she ever let me down. And then she didn't let me down, but about 30 minutes. So, uh, with probably done about 20,000 miles on that bike. So I I can't complain because that's what, that's what you get when you buy a Honda. I mean, thats that's the, that's your reliability right there. That's what keeps them going. So.
1: Well, and that's another bike I understand makes a a decent custom because you've got the V twin, um a v-twin sorry you got the v4 and the shaft drive so yeah
0: yeah they're just i tell you uh, as much as i loved gold wings when i first started riding uh i'd really i wouldn't want a gold wing in europe because i might not i want the new one the new one it's a little sleeker a little easier to handle looks like but but with the narrow roads and uh, things you have to deal with in europe i think the st is a perfect bike for touring over there, I mean, it really has just been, you know, it's got the, the side panniers that with plenty of, of uh, storage space. You've got the givey box on the back that gives you plenty of space, uh, so it's it's really good for tour touring.
1: All right, very nice. Uh, let's see. Before, well, I'm, so I want to save Isla Man for last because that's the one I'm I'm also planning for. But uh, interesting, let's see, interesting roads or. One of the most fun roads that you were able to find that that maybe you weren't expecting.
0: I tell you, the trip that we did in uh, in France uh,
1: in 2012,
0: uh, the first year my wife went over with me, we were kind of in the middle of France and and wasn't really expecting a whole lot because you know the middle of France mm-hmm. is is not. You know, the, the Normandy coast is beautiful and uh, around the Alps is beautiful. Kind of the middle is not that it's not beautiful. It's just, it's, it's nothing I would say is, is too, you know, extraordinary. But right before we got into the Pyrenees, we, we just ended up on these just beautiful, curvy little roads and I, I just, I mean, there was this, there was a little village cut into the side of the hill. There were these big cliffs around us. And, and that was, um, I think it was the, the name of the, the campground we stayed in that night was Ville de Cantobre. And that thing, that road was, I mean, I still remember it to this day cause it was so awesome. Uh, and, and it was just something you didn't expect. Now on the, on right. this last trip that we took, you know, cause you're talking about like favorite trips, this, this last trip that we took, uh, just back in uh, June and July, I think was our best trip yet. And we did a lot of iconic roads in it. You know, we went, um, into the Swiss Alps. We stayed in Andromat. We went through the Furka pass the Goddard pass. Uh, we, we went down to Italy and did the Stelvio pass, uh, pass. Mm -hmm. And I mean, these are, these are all iconic roads and you kind of expect it. So, and, and they were just absolutely, every one of them lived up to the hype. I mean, they were, they were great roads, lots of fun, um, but you know, the, the it's those unexpected ones you find. Like there's a there's a little road not not five miles from where my friend Pete lives. Uh, that's a road to uh, Worlingham, a little town called Worlingham, and that's a great little road. So those are the ones that when you don't when you don't expect to find them, that's like you know that that's what makes it worth it, right there, just riding around and finding those roads.
1: I think one of the pictures you sent me was from that the Stelvio Pass, was it? Yes, I did. Maybe one of the road early road. ones,
0: right? And and Stelvio in some, you know, there's there's probably all kinds of polls, but a lot of times Stelvio shows up as the number one riding road or driving road in the world, and it really is. Mm-hmm. It's like 17 miles, and um, I think it's between 48, depending on what side you're on, it's either 48 or 63 switchbacks. And, and that's just a lot of fun. I mean, that's just one of those things. It's like a bucket list thing. It's like you wanting to go to the Isle of Man or when we went to the Isle of Man, I mean, it's, it's a bucket list thing. When you, I wanted to do Stelvio Pass in 2014 because we were, we did a big loop of Europe, did 12 countries and we, we really rode right by it. But the day we did, it was raining so hard. I'm like, you know, I won't enjoy it. I I, I don't, I don't think this is the day right. to go. So I didn't go. So I did. I, I gave it a pass and uh, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did, but I wanted to go back.
1: Nice. Yeah, I'm just looking over some of your pictures again now and it's just just breathtaking like the Swiss Alps and then I scroll up and here's your um your Isle of Man picture in the corner. And then I scroll up a little farther and I get to Vienna. That one is beautiful by the way. Oh yeah. That's very cool. Nice photos.
0: Yeah. And it is, a, and it is that's a, a pretty lucky. When I first went over, the first two, three years I went over, I was riding solo. My wife didn't ride. So I had a camera mount uh, on the windshield of the ST. And I had a little uh, camera I bought. I bought a little waterproof camera, a little Pentax waterproof uh, digital camera. And I would just mm-hmm. take pictures with my left hand. I just reach over and, and take pictures uh, and just kind of take them where I could. But once my wife started going, once Lynn started going, then she's got her hands free and she's able to take pictures as we ride. And those have been the best pictures. That that's been that's been the ones that are the money shots right there.
1: Nice. So so who has the best best sorry. Who has the worst drivers in the world? <laughs> oh, that's a, uh,
0: that's a, uh, that's a good one. Basically any country with Audis, because it just seems to be that if, <laughs> if you, if you buy a black Audi, you've, you've got to be, uh, a, a, I want to say a bad driver, but an, a, a discourteous driver. Let's say that those are the most impatient and, uh, yeah, not so nice drivers. I would say BMWs are a, are a close second, but, but I, I, every, every country I'll say that, it, uh, surprisingly france had probably the most courteous drivers france uh, if somebody's driving slow they'll pull over out of the way let you buy um england also very courteous driver especially because you can lane split uh in way well, lane split in england so you can lane split in most of europe uh if and if, nice. you know, if there's a, if it's if it's backed up on the interstate that people just just naturally they see you coming and they'll move over and let you through uh and so it's really nice I, i'll say that that I still say that uh, Germany probably had a mix of both. They had the best drivers and the worst drivers because when you're on the Autobahn and there's a, uh, you're on the Autobahn and there's a, a, a black Audi, you know, black A4, Audi. a black Audi coming up at, you know, at 150, you know, and flashing the lights at you. And, uh, you know, when you don't have a place to get over, he gets mad because you can't get over. So that's, that's kind of, um, but it, it, it's a, it's a little bit of everywhere. I, I think actually, um, of all the places I've ridden, I think Georgia probably has the worst drivers. So. And I'm talking about the state, not well, yeah. the country. Yeah, the state, not the country.
1: Because yeah. you always hear, you know, everyone sort of make, gets bragging rights over who has the worst drivers. I was just curious how that fared internationally.
0: It, it is, yeah, it is kind of a uh, kind of a, a point of pride with people about, oh, you know, the yeah. French are the worst drivers, or the Swiss are the worst drivers, or you know, it's, uh, it's. I think everybody's got their, their share of them. So it's, um, but, but. I just always take the, the advice that you have to drive like they're all trying to kill you, and that's how you stay alive. You drive like they're all trying to kill you, and that keeps you alive.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, when you're planning these these trips or just touring in general, what what do you guys plan for on a day? How many miles do you try to cover?
0: You know, when I first did it, I was a little ambitious, and I, and I tried to plan on about 300 miles because I had so many places I wanted to get to. But right. doing doing that a couple of years, I really learned that that you don't see a lot. You 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 get places but but you don't see a lot. You don't enjoy it. Um it's like, you know, and, and mileage is different in Europe. I'll tell you that. Uh mileage is is different in the Europe in Europe and the UK. And and what I mean by that is is that, you know, here if we want to do if I want to do two hundred and fifty miles before lunch, I can do two hundred and fifty miles before lunch, no problem. But you oh, yeah. 250 miles in europe in england or in europe that's an all-day thing that's probably a 10-hour day at least so hmm. the uh so over the years i've kind of refined it and I, and I try to stick between 200 and 250 250 being the max uh okay. for most days but but trying to keep it closer to 200 220 because you know you want to get places and you know you don't want to hang around but but you want to see it too so you want to be able to take the time in, in the middle of the you know in the middle of the ride that's the whole point you're there so you know 2 2 to 250 is a good good average day
1: nice so that's a little bit of i'm guessing a little bit the road condition the size of the roads the Plus weather you want to see things along the way so it's not just you know it's Absolutely. not just the road itself
0: the the traffic is just so much different over there we, you know we're we're so used to such a big country Uh, where we're, you know, we're spread out, there's lots of room, you know, it's, it's not congested like it is. I mean, you know, you got to figure that, you know, the, the number of people living in, in, in England, you know, England is a, is a, I mean, or the UK, sorry, the, the Island of the Great Britain, you know, UK it's, it's a, it's an Island, the size of the state of Georgia, but there's 40 million people living on it, you know? So it's, uh, it, uh, so, so when you get around this, you know, when you get out in the country, it's fine. But when you get around the cities, man, it's, it's super congested, you know?
1: So, yeah, it so takes, London is, is dense like New York city. I would imagine.
0: Absolutely. It, it is. And like the yeah. M20, like we say, London's favorite parking lot is the M25, the ring that goes around London. So that's your favorite car <laughs> park right there. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> nice. So where was your most recent trip? What did, what did you guys cover?
0: Okay. The most recent trip, like I say, we, we did, uh, we were over for 14 days, but we were touring 11 of those. We rode, uh, from our, our friends and they live in South Croydon, which is just South of London. Uh, we rode from there to the ferry at, uh, Dover rode over to, um, to France, to Dunkirk. And then we went, um, Dunkirk down through France, uh, to, went, went about, about 300 miles the first day and stayed in a little town called, stayed in a, a kind of a big town called Troyes. And then left from there and went to the, uh, French Swiss border. The next day, another 250 miles little town called Avignon and stayed in the, right at the foothills of the of the Alps. It's just a beautiful little town. Um nice. there there to Andermatt, Switzerland. And uh from Andermatt and, that, and that's just those passes getting to Andermatt were just beautiful. I mean, that's that's where you that's why God built motorcycles right there so you can ride through the Swiss Alps. Um <laughs> but going going from there we we had planned on going straight from there to Stelvio Pass, but my My wife has got into the hobby of uh, bicycle racing in the last few years, and there was a bicycle museum near Lake Como in Italy. So she said, can we go there? I'm like, absolutely. So what was supposed to be about 130, 140-mile day, kind of an easy fun ride through the Alps, ended up being 240 miles to make a loop down around Lake Como. But Lake Como (laughs) is beautiful. You know, that's where all the celebrities, I think it's where like, I think Julia Roberts has a house there. George Clooney has a house. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really just gorgeous Italian lake. Uh, and so we went over there and went to the uh, the, the bicycle museum, uh, and then went back up to Stelvio Pass and stayed in Stelvio Pass at night. And then uh, just loved those roads. You know, had a beautiful time riding. We were kind of late getting up that night, about six o'clock. So actually, the traffic was died down. We were we had the road all to ourselves going up. Um, got up early the next morning, rode down Stelvio, you know, the other side of Stelvio and, and pretty much there again, just, you know, pretty much had the road to ourselves and, uh, rode from there to, uh, Birches garden to where, um, you know, if you've ever seen uh band of brothers or seen any, any World war war two history, that's where the, uh, where Hitler had his, um, uh, uh, over Salzburg, uh, headquarters. And it's just a beautiful little town. So we, we rode up there and visited what they call the Eagle's nest. And uh, it was a great ride up to there. Um, from there, we went to a town, uh, called Rothenburg ob de Tarber, which is just, it's our favorite city in all of Europe. It's, uh, it, it is just a beautiful walled city that has been almost preserved since the 1600s. It's, uh, it, it's like, it's like going in a storybook. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's like, it's like a, it's like a giant cuckoo clock with all the, uh, beautiful architecture and, uh, just, it, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just, it's hard to explain, but it's. Know, cobblestone streets and walled city and, and just the, you know, the, the, the Bavarian architecture, you know, it's, it, 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 we, we stayed there two days. We took a rest day there because we, we enjoyed it so much. We went there in, in 2014 and we enjoyed it so much that we said, you know, let's go back and spend a couple of days Going and back. maybe do some of the things we didn't get to do. Yeah. So, so we went back and, uh, and stayed there for, for two days and really enjoyed there. Then from there, um, made our way up through Germany into, um, uh, to the, I wanted to go to the Nürburgring. We took a, took a lap around the Nürburgring, uh, near the North, the North part of Germany, uh, near a town. We stayed in a town called Bad Bertrick and did a lap of the Nürburgring nice. just to say I'd done it. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. It was, um, you know, we were getting past steadily. We, we did win our class. I told him, I said, we were the only two up touring class. So we, uh, I think we won our class. <laughs> so a- Absolutely. Uh, did
1: get passed. Say, did you get a time?
0: Yeah, I I think they were timing with a calendar, but, uh, but yeah, I think we, uh, <laughs> I actually did. I, I think it's a, it's a 20 kilometer loop and I think it took <laughs> us, uh, it probably took us about 12 minutes. So it wasn't any uh, speed lap. We averaged about 70. Uh, did, I hit 90 a couple of times in the straights. Uh, but I did get passed steadily, and the last pass of the day was by a uh, Lamborghini Aventador, and uh, she come by me pretty Ooh. fast. So, <laughs> um,
1: but that wasn't the full course then, like you said.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it was the it's the it's the road course. You know, there's two courses at um, at Nurburg. There's the GP course, which was actually busy that day. They were actually doing a truck race. When I say truck race, I mean like mat truck type big trucks, yeah, like big trucks. Um, but we did what they call this. The, uh, the green Hell is the name of it. The, 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 the real road course, the, the original road course. So 20 kilometers, but yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty nice, but, but you know, it's a pretty neat system. They got a great system. If you want to run it, you just go up and pay your 30 euros and they give you a car. And off and you go. You scan it at the gate and they let you out and they say, don't kill yourself. You know, Hey, here you go. So, um, <laughs> then <laughs> that's funny. Then from Then that day, uh, we, we, we left there on a Saturday morning and we drove, uh, into Holland because, uh, we were planning on since it just kind of worked out with the timing of this trip. We're, we're big MotoGP fans, or at least I am. And the race in Assen, uh, in Holland, the, uh, the Dutch, uh, the Dutch GP was that Sunday, uh, at the Assen TT circuit. So we had bought tickets to go to the race. Well, I was talking nice. to my friend who I had met, uh, years before. I told you that, uh, he runs the, uh, biker's best, uh, motorcycle store, the gold wing accessory shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, he heard I was going and he said, Oh, you're going to Aston to the GP race. I said, yeah. He said, Oh, well, I have a present for you, my friend. I have uh VIP passes. And I'm like, no nice. way. Oh my gosh!" So we, so we made a side trip to go to, uh, where he lives in Rinswald to the shop and we. Um, visited with him and his wife Karen, and and um, got the tour of the place again, and and uh, ate lunch with them, and they gave us our tickets, and and it was uh, just nice to visit with them. I hadn't seen them; uh, it's been been since fourteen since I had seen them. Uh, so we visited a little bit, and then we rode from there um, up to a town of Tarlow, which is about four miles from the track at Aston. And we have some, uh, some other friends of ours that live, like I told you, we, we, you know, we travel cheap. We try to stay with people when we can. So, um, some friends of ours, uh, Eric and Karen, they're actually, uh, with, with them and a friend named Jan, they all are part of a, uh, Dutch folk band. Uh, and, and they, uh, we, we told them we were coming to town and, and going to the race. And they said, is it possible to stay with? They said, sure come stay with us. They said, but the only problem is, is that Karen's turned 50 and we've got a, uh, got a huge party that night. So you have to come to the party. I'm like, it's not a problem on <laughs> oh, my darn. end, Jack. I said, oh darn. I hate that. So, <laughs> so we, so we went there and, and, you know, we got there that afternoon, had a huge party that night and just, you know, sat around drinking good, uh, good Dutch beer and, and, and listening mm-hmm. to them and hearing their stories. and, And they got up the next day and we went to the, the, the GP race where we had VIP passes. I mean, we were, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're sitting there and these guys are riding by us on scooters, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there and, uh, um, Jack Miller, the Australian rider, he's, uh, he's sitting there right next to me and, you know, Alex Renz and. Uh, you know, Mark Mar- Marquez is my man. But I, didn't, I didn't get to spend any time with Mark. I didn't got to see to him from the distance, but I didn't get to spend any time with him. But, but it was, it was a, such a super cool trip. We had been to Austin, Texas this year to the MotoGP race, but, but this was a real, this was a real treat. And, uh, so we, we went there, had a good time. Uh, then, then Monday was, was time to go home. Monday. We left and, and caught the ferry back to England. So then we had a couple of days before we flew back. So. That's kind of our, our nice. trip this year. Kind of, kind of our trip in a nutshell, and it's a it, it's a, it was a great great trip. And I still say, even even after adding up what we spent, um, I, honestly, I'll still tell you, you, you couldn't go to Myrtle Beach and rent a house for two weeks uh, for the money we spent to go for in that Europe. money.
1: Yep, absolutely. That's good times. So how how is it watching MotoGP in person versus TV? Because I understand, you know, much like me, most of my motorcycle racing is done through the television so what is it like seeing that in person and then also if you can compare you know watching a race in europe versus in austin
0: you know it's, it's like a lot of people say it's like if you're watching anything if you're watching football or you're watching race oh you know i can see it better mm-hmm. at home you, you you can i mean there's no there's no doubt you you see more of the action but you don't experience it it's it's like it's it's like i'll almost tell you it's, it's you like driving, yeah. You can't feel it when, when that bike passes you at 200 and you, you smell those unburned hydrocarbons and you smell that rubber and you feel that vibration in your chest. I mean, that just does something for you. And if it does it need you check your pulse, but it's, <laughs> it, it, it's a, uh, you know, it's a lot. It's just the, the experience it's, um, but what we did in both cases, uh, of G of motor GP racing Is find a spot where you can, you want to see, like we were in the front stretch at both races. We actually ended up in the front stretch or at the start finish line, Mm -hmm. but also find a place you can see the jumbotron. You know, there's, there's several jumbotrons, any track you go to now. So that's the best of both worlds. You know, you can sit there and watch them when they pass you. And then you can turn around and and watch the jumbotron uh, and watch them in the, on the backside. Um, but it's, it's just really, it is, it's, uh, you, you see a lot more sitting in your living room, but you don't feel it. You don't experience it. Uh, and it's just, like yeah. I say, it's, it, it's, it, it's like riding a motorcycle versus driving a car. Um, if you've, uh, you know, there's a, there's a famous book, uh, it's a, it's a motorcycle and a philosophy book though, you know, Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance, you know, Robert Piercy. And he has a great line yeah. in the first chapter of that, that says, you know, if you're riding in a car. It's just like watching TV. You sit there and you look out the screen, but on a motorcycle, you're experiencing it. You know, you're hearing it, you're smelling it. You put your foot down five inches and you can touch the pavement as it goes by and you're in it and not just seeing it. So it's the kind of that same way with, with going to a race in person versus watching it on TV. And as far as watching it in, uh, in Europe versus, uh, Austin, it, it's a different atmosphere i think the uh the atmosphere in europe because it's really a big thing i mean it's just MotoGP gp is so big there and uh especially yeah, imagine it, it would you,
1: be more a little more electric perhaps it, abroad versus home
0: it is it, it's very electric it's uh you you really get the hardcore fans especially you know valentino rossi who's just you know probably the greatest you know the greatest motor gp race there ever ever was i mean you know a guy's 39 i I like him because he's close to my age and he's still racing you know he's 39 years old and he's still you know still ending up on the podium you know he's got such a fan base because he's been racing for so many years i mean just to to see that field of of blue and yellow out there just cheering him on i mean it's just awesome uh and then you know i'm a marquez guy i'm a honda guy so i'm a mark marquez guy and and there's a good good, uh, strong following for him as well. So just uh it's almost like that carnival atmosphere. And it's like, everybody's just, you know, they're partying they're They're, you know, they come days before and just hang out all weekend. Um, and, and it was a lot of, it was a good time in Austin and we really enjoyed it. I, I'm going to make plans to go back this year because it's, it's such a good time, but it's just, a, it's a different atmosphere, not quite the level of, of the European race. I'll say that.
2: Nice. Well, well, we are talking about planning going to Austin this year. There is talk. Wait, what? You didn't know that?
1: You're going to Austin? Okay. Fill me in, (laughs) TD.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we talked about it because I thought Chad was asking us, and I think Chris asked us about it. About Hmm. Boyne. So, I thought you knew that.
1: Rich, well, I, I, I know to, there I, was some I, general chat about it in the clubhouse, but I didn't know anybody was making any real plans.
2: Well, I wouldn't say we haven't made pl- well, we haven't made plans, but there's talk. I will say that when I mentioned that I
0: had been to Austin this year, I, several people said, Oh yeah, we're thinking about planning a trip, you know, from you know the loud pipes group. We want to go. So so Rich, you may have missed the boat on that one, buddy. I think they did talk about it a little bit.
1: Yeah, I might have been busy. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple of days where you know, I come back to the clubhouse and it was like I was several hundred messages behind I'm like i'm I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> I've just missed the boat on today, so that's cool, yeah, and also a, a personal thank you for your support that's that's very cool absolutely it helps the helps the show prep you know we get to talk and chit chat behind the scenes before we get started
0: you know I think we you mentioned it earlier I mean you know I found this this podcast. Uh, on Spotify, cause it was, it was the, you know, the Isle of man, you know, I'd been to the Isle of man last year and, and I, I was just, you know, the, the race was, was coming up. It was, uh, you know, it was time for the race in you know, May and June right there. And I said, man, I'd, I'd really like to find some information. You know, I'd like to see if there's a, somebody's got a podcast, somebody's talking about the Isle of man. So I looked around and I found the, epi- <laughs> I found your podcast episode where you were talking to the Costa Rican boat camping, who was a manxman. And, uh, yeah. and, and, I listened to that and then I was like, man, these guys, you know, I said the way you talked about motorcycles and, and the culture is how I feel. So I said, you know, this is, this is something I want to listen to. So I just started, you know, binge listening to it. And I was like, you know, this is, this is definitely worth supporting because it's, uh, you know, I- anything that furthers the motorcycle community, I'm, I'm all for. So I think you guys, I want to tell you guys that I think you guys do a great job of that.
1: Awesome, thank you. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah, he told me that the other night, so I already thanked him oh, multiple yeah. times. So it's pretty cool. All
1: right, so can I talk Isla Man TT now?
0: I, I was thinking that was probably a pretty good segue. I thought that, I thought Ooh, I made a go, pretty good segue. Go ahead, I didn't mind
1: <laughs> absolutely. Talk about it. Well, I got to ask first. So this was a this was a touring trip and the race, or did, did you guys just go to watch the race?
0: Uh, a little bit well, of both. A little bit of both. It's always about the t- I knew, We'd never been to the Isle of Man, so it, okay. it was uh, it was a new experience for us. But, I mean, being into motorcycles for this many years now, I mean, the Isle of Man is one of those things that, you know, you just, if you know anything about motorcycles, I mean, the Isle of Man is just a, you know, that's a mecca of, of motorcycle racing. It's, uh, you know, the oldest continuous race there is. And just th- that, that iconic circuit, it's just something about it. You know, just racing, just the idea you're racing on public roads. I mean, it's just. Oh, yeah. You got to go
1: city streets, the, through the mountains, you know, it's dark, it's light, it's probably cold and warm and the surface is constantly changing. I I just can't imagine trying to race on that.
0: I mean, you know, if you watch MotoGP and you see those guys run wide, you know, there's little colored stripes that show you when you're getting close to the edge and then you got a gravel trap where you can just slide, you know, and you just lay the bike down and slide and you see those guys get up and dust themselves off and, you know, pick up the bike and, you know, ride on, or to get on a scooter and ride back to your pits, tell your boss why you wrecked his million dollar bike. But, uh, but when you do that at the Isle of Man, there's an ambulance involved in it because there's a stone wall or a tree or, you know, there's, there's coping. There's, there's curbs along the road. I don't know if you know this over here. A lot of times the road just drops off. But if you're riding in, um, in the UK or Europe, usually there's a coping, like a curb on every road oh, yeah. so If you go over the edge it, it's not a smooth it's not a smooth transition you're, you're going to hit that and you're going to it's going to hurt
1: you know yeah this year there were a couple of couple of riders like just really ringing it out and they were like they showed some of the slow-mo like they were just brushing the curb on exit and it's like man that is just flirting with danger right there it is it's just it's uh that i'll say too you talk
0: about racing and talk about experiencing it you know, Motor GP is one thing. It and it and it's great and I and I love it. But going to the Isle of Man and having those guys, you know, come by. You're standing by a stone wall and that guy comes by that stone wall at about two hundred, you know, that's yeah. that's awesome. That's it's like you can't believe it. We were lucky enough to see it in a couple of different we we actually bought um we were just there for practice week. We didn't we didn't actually get to see the racing. We actually went for practice week last year. And we we uh, we got to we we bought grandstand tickets the first day and got to see him run uh, the practice uh, at the start finish right there. And we got to watch the pit. So that was really cool. And and man, it was it was something to see that. But then the next day we rode up to uh, to Craig Nabah, you know, the bar right Mm. there. And uh, we, you know, had some beer and and ate some, uh, you know, ate some pub food. And then we went over to, they've got grandstands. You can pay three pounds to, to go sit in the grandstands, uh, right along the, uh, the curve and, and watch them come through there and to to see those guys come pouring down through there. And then, you know, jam on the brakes to make those that hard right-hand turn. I mean, it's just unreal. I've got some great slow motion fully footage from that. And that was, it, it's, it's, oh, that nice. is definitely something you need to just, you, you've got to experience it. You can't even describe how, how that makes you feel going to the isle of man
1: mm. yeah that was ben's favorite place to watch it as well or one of his favorite places did you right. get any of the manx kip manx kippers while you were there
0: A- absolutely i did sure i did
1: <laughs> i have to try it you know we've we've heard about it we have yeah. to try it
0: you have to i mean you know eat, eat the local drink the local when you go man i mean don't you know absolutely I, absolutely
1: but i apologize you know, for the siren i think they're coming to get me my time is up <laughs>
0: <laughs> the um i tell you the isle of man the the people there are so friendly and and, and you know it's funny because i mean this you think that this event this 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 two week long event or fortnight as they say is uh mm-hmm. disrupts their life something terrible i mean you know they've got the roads blocked because of the race course and you've got all of these Tourists, you know, I mean, hundreds, thousands of tourists come in. You know, like two hundred thousand people come to watch this race, so you'd think that they would, you know, not be happy about it. But I mean, I, I didn't meet not a not a person that was, you know, nothing but just as friendly as they could be. You know, hey, you're visiting the Isle of Man for the TTS. Oh, you know, great. Hope you have a great holiday. You know, be safe and and just just wonderful. Nice. Uh, and and the we're lucky enough. I've got a friend that lives in the town of Ankin uh Royce Callister he he uh, was nice enough to put us up uh for a few days when we were there and and he was telling me all about uh the island and about the the history with the races and he says you know there's there's, there's it's such a small island there's not room for everybody to stay in hotels so they all camp a lot of people camp yeah but you know it being the UK and in and, and the Isle of Man uh then it, it rains a lot so when it rains really bad, people will open their houses and bring people in, and, and I'm not charge them. Just say, hey, come, you know, you, I know you're in a tin out there and you're getting flooded, you know, come stay in our right. house, you know. So that's cool. Very, very
1: cool. You know, I kind of so, so let's yeah. talk about the.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, was going to say, say kinda, let's uh, talk
1: about the uh, planning. How did you? What plan- did you have to go through to plan? to get over there. And, and was this more expensive than one of your other trips?
0: Yes. This, this is by far because it's such a yeah, big event. Yes. This, this, because it. it is, it's a small Island and they have one <laughs> event and everybody wants to go to it. So, uh, you know, back when, when the Isle of Man was a huge tourist attraction back in the, I think they say like in the, in the forties and fifties, cause it was a, it was a good little holiday spot. There were dozens of ferries that ran back and forth from the, you know, from, from the mainland of the UK, from Ireland, going back and forth to the Isle of Man. But now there's, yeah. there's like two boats. <laughs> there's, there's basically two boats. I think maybe three boats that go back and forth. One, one, one line that is the Isle of Man, the steam packet, the, uh, the steam packet line. Um, so it books up a year in advance. You, you really, if you want to go, you really need to start planning a year in advance so you can book your tickets, um, and on a normal day, it's, you know, 40 pounds return, uh, the week of the Isle of Man, is 250 pounds return. So, uh, mm. I guess you got to make hay when the sun shines, you know, in, uh, in the Isle of Man. Um, so, but, but the good news is, is that a lot of people plan it, but you know, plans change. So there, there's a date in March where when people that, that book their, their, a trip and pay their deposit but haven't paid their balance when they cancel their trips you can get in there and you can get in there in march and get those trips if you if you you know if you're there at at midnight or whatever the day they whatever the date is and time that they open the uh the reservations back up you can you can usually get in there and get some times but it, it was frustrating when i when i decided to go um I, I think i started planning about six months out and one minute i looked and the ferry I wanted would be available and I try to book it and then it wouldn't let me cause it filled up and then I would go back and I have to find another date and time oh. to leave. So it's, uh, I mean, it's, it is, it's like, it's like a house of cards, you know, you pull one out and the rest of them fall down. So you got to start over again. So, so you, it, and the same with, uh, with, with lodging, you know, the, the folks that aren't lucky enough to have a, have a buddy that has a house uh, at, uh, on the Isle of Man, then, then if you're booking a place to stay, you got to you got to book you know a good bit in advance, or you got to want a tent camp. I think John may be okay, but you know, Rich, you you may have to learn to tent camp, son.
1: Yeah, I don't think John's gonna partake, or at least he says he's not. I have more than a year to convince him, but yeah, we'll have to figure that out. So I I've pinned the date at least from this year when the tickets went on sale for the ferry, and we're not trying to go in may we're trying to go next year 2020
0: 2020
1: so i so yeah so i've got it pinned so as soon as the racing ends this year you know i'll just count down and when the ferry prices ferry opens up for 2020 i'll buy them so that'll be that'll be the first thing we buy a year in advance and the next will be the airfare
0: right and that that's what you have to do that I and mean, that's the best way just uh i mean you're I'm always kind of an impatient person. I don't, I don't like to wait, so I, I'd I'd want to go next year. But you're you're really smart if you if you're going to plan a trip like that, especially. I mean, it's it's such a big deal. Just you know, take your time and plan yeah. it. You know, so 20, 2020 is a good a good time. You know, yeah, we're going to learn as much as we can beforehand, and then book your tickets, and then by the time it comes around, I mean, you'll have it. You know, you'll you'll be ready. So it's it's smart. That's, that's what I like to do.
1: Yeah, because I want to do the whole thing. Like you said, I want to do the practice week beforehand. And just I want to stay for every drop of racing that I can and just drink it all in. And there's so many, like the review videos that I've talked about before. I just watched some of the special segments of it for this year. And there's so much else going on outside of the racing. You know, there's there's like stunt shows and carnivals and all sorts of demos. And it's just there's tons of other things happening, you know, not including you know nightlife and sightseeing and stuff like that. So I want definitely want to go for two weeks and just drink it all in.
0: Bushies beer tent. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Bushies beer tent.
1: Nice. <laughs> but
0: but yeah, it's it's it is. It's great. It's a great atmosphere. Uh, it it's it's just. I mean, they really do. I mean, they call it you know the the festival of speed. It's just a, you know, you embrace. Uh, they they really do. Like I said, they they embrace the visitors. They're glad to have you come in and spend your money. Uh, they they take good care of you. There's lots of things to do and see. You know, like I say, there's there's a huge. Uh, I mean, I I really liked going. They had a huge, uh, you know, a vendor uh, area where you know everybody's out there yep. selling swag or or showing off the new buy. You know, all the all the um, manufacturers are there showing off their stuff. Like I say, Ace Cafe had a had a booth there. Um, but it's uh, it's really neat. I mean, you can walk right up to the pits. You know, you you know, you're behind the wall, but you can you can walk and you can you can see right the dr- yeah yep, yeah, see the riders and and see the bikes and, uh, and like I said, there's so, so many places that have uh you know have something going on. There's a couple of great museums there. I mean, I saw some really cool things at the at the two museums that are on uh, on the island. Uh, and just the island itself, I mean, just, you know, just let, let alone the racing and, and everything to do with that, uh, just touring around the island. Uh, I mean, we, oh, yeah. we did a, we did a big loop of the, uh, of the island, uh, for a couple of days and, and just, just seeing everything. It's just, it's really beautiful. It's just, it's worth the trip. I mean, even if it wasn't the race,
1: it's worth the trip. Nice. All right, let's see. Anything else on the Isle of Man TT we want to share? So we know it's expensive. We know we have to plan. Bring your patience. Oh, rentals! That's what I wanted to find out. So we, we want to do this on bikes. So any tips on getting a good rental bike while we're there? You know, that's I'm, I'm preferably before been lucky. We're there. <laughs> Take it over. Well, on the right?
0: Party. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. That the, you know, the best thing to do is I would say that it's probably pretty difficult to get something on the Isle of Man that week, you'd probably be better off trying to get something, uh, in, in the UK and then ferry it over. Uh, but there again, then you get on the ferry, the trouble of booking the ferry. But, uh, but you know, I, I've been looking now that, uh, you know, there's uh what, uh, twisted com is kind of a, uh, you know, rent your own bike, you know, deal yep. that, that yep. I think that's, and I, and that's brilliant. That's whoever came up with that. I mean, that's a, that's a brilliant idea. Uh cause I say I've always been lucky enough just to have friends to keep keep one there for me to use. You know, uh Pete and Helen keep that bike for me and uh for for us to use and you know, other friends say so other people use it as well, but it's it's so we're lucky, but but there are places over there to rent. So it, it's something I really I, I I really couldn't help you with that right now. I really need to do some research, but I but I, I know I know enough people over there now that that have bikes that uh I probably could I probably could wrangle something for uh for folks I know, I, I bet I can
2: arrange something, so. See, see, Rich, you got connections. You just have to say, hey, Sean, you know, are you going to go? If not, can I borrow your bike? See,
0: that's the way it
2: yeah, is. You I have want,
1: to do, yeah. I want something sporty, but it's got to be a little more comfortable than a super sport. So <laughs> maybe sport touring or, or naked or something. Something a little more upright. Yeah,
0: it, yeah, ST, I definitely recommend, you know, ST, you know, FJR 1300 something like that. So you can put a little luggage in something that's, uh, you know, fairly comfortable and, and, and sporty. I mean, trust me, my, my ST is no slouch over there now. It's no slouch.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I found a couple different places. So that's what we were looking at is, you know, flying into London, you know, rent a bike there, ride around that area and then, you know, ferry the bikes over or even on the, on the Ireland side, I know there's a ferry both from Dublin and Belfast, I believe. Uh yes. So we were looking at that of uh there's couple, some rental places in Ireland too.
0: I've also got friends in uh in Ireland in the uh in the bike business. Uh uh Kieran Myler and uh and my friend Liam. Uh uh mm-hmm. my 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 buddy Liam has a collection of bikes over there. He has one of every Goldwing ever made, one of every style of Goldwing ever made, and then a few more nice. bikes. So we we know enough people. We we probably could arrange. Uh, we probably could arrange something with the folks we know on on either side of the Isle of Man, either the Ireland side or the uh, or the UK side. So so let let we got a little time to work on it. We got you know got, got we'll a year, a little a year.
1: <laughs> yeah. All, All right. I well, take, one more question. Oh, go ahead.
0: I can say one, one quick story. I will. I just thought of a quick story. I didn't tell about the first year that I went to, to England. The last day I was there that I could ride. Cause we were flying out the next day. My buddy Pete says, well, you know, you hadn't been to you hadn't you, you hadn't been to Europe proper. He said, let's ride down to Dover and let's catch a ferry to France or just have lunch, <laughs> you know, it's just a two hour ferry ride. I'm like, Hey, great. So we booked our tickets that night and we get up the next morning and we take off down the M twenty uh, motorway to head toward Dover, you know the the speed limit seventy. And you know I'm I'm on a borrowed bike in a foreign country, you know, been there for three weeks, but still borrowed bike in a foreign country. So so we start, you know, heading down the, you know, he's got a two thousand six uh, Goldwing eighteen hundred. So all of a sudden he just pours the throttle on, and I'm like I don't know what it is, but I, I don't know where I'm going, so I've got to keep up. So <laughs> so here I am catching him doing. 107 miles an hour to catch him. So when we finally get down to the, to the ferry port, I said, Oh, maybe he, maybe he just realized we could catch an earlier ferry. So we stop. And I said, Hey, did, did we make it? He said, make it for what? I just wanted to go fast. I was like, Oh man. But it was, uh, it was quite the experience. So I I, I can say that I've done the ton in England. I have done the ton. I have done a hundred miles an hour uh, on the motorway in, in England. It's, uh,
1: but I I, I couldn't nice.
0: couldn't get off air without telling you that story because I will never forget that I was scared <laughs> to death never forget it.
1: I can imagine. Well, speaking of the ton, did you ride the mountain course one way when you were at the TT?
0: Yes, absolutely. When you come over for the uh, for the fortnight, oh, uh, you nice. can only you can only ride in one direction in fact they have to put huge signs up for stupid tourists like me that says don't listen to your gps you can only go one direction on the mountain course uh, nice. and, I, and I, i'll have to say that that was one of the best experiences i mean it's like you know i've done you know I, I I got to ride a little bit of the Le Mans course when i was in uh in france and now i've got to do um, I got to do the, the Ring when I was over in, 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 in Germany, but, but riding, uh, riding the mountain course, riding the Isle of Man circuit was, was absolutely phenomenal. And I did it several times while I was over there, but, uh, i in fact, I, I filmed the whole, uh, my battery lasted long enough on my camera. I could film I filmed the whole thing. Um, and then I was lucky enough. I sent you that picture of, uh, from Gooseneck yep. right there and, mm-hmm. And that picture, what's super special about that picture is is it's such a clear day. You can see all the way to the ocean. And if you know much about the weather over there, and especially watching the races and, and the mountain course, they, they get fogged in so much that, you know, that that yep. delays the story. So to have such a clear day, and that, that guy is a professional photographer there taking pictures, and you can go online and buy them, kind of like they do with the Tale of the Dragon and other places. For that guy yeah. to catch that picture of, of Lynn and I, on the gooseneck. I mean, that's just, I'll tell you how much I think of that picture. I had a canvas Gicle 16 by 20 of that made and it hangs above (laughs) our fireplace and that's no joke.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I was hoping you had some video of that. That'd be cool. But just as you mentioned, riding the mountain course, I just was getting like goosebumps. I was like, Oh, I've got to do that.
0: I mean when you watch it on TV for so many years and you see these guys you know coming into the hairpin they coming through Ramsey and you know coming through Waterworks and you know Governor's Bridge and you hear all these iconic you know names and then when you're mm-hmm. riding along the course everywhere that the course is they've got it they've got uh, black and white hash marks on the side of the road to show you where the course is and then they've got these orange and black signs that tell you where you're at it says you know Governor's Bridge or Waterworks or you know um yeah yeah you you know craig nabah you know it's just a signpost corner so you you see and like you said you're talking about getting goosebumps i mean you wait you ride that course and you ride past those signs (laughs) and you you know but i will tell you this if you're if you're not on the fastest bike and you get up to the mountain course stay 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 to to the left stay to the left left, and let let those guys because there was a couple of guys on uh S1000, RR, BMWs, they rolled by me at least 150. So they were, um, mm. they, they thought they were Mark Marquez or uh, Michael Dunlop, but it's, uh, it's, it's an experience. It's one of those things that if you, if you love motorcycles, you need to do it once. You absolutely need to go do it.
1: It's going to be difficult to watch the races this May and not be there, but that's all right. Because I'm going to have a good plan for 20.
0: It, it was hard this year. I'll tell you, really, to, to me, I didn't I didn't expect it, but because I had been there last year, mm-hmm. watching it this year, just, oh, man, it got on my nerves. It's just, oh, I cannot believe that I wasn't there, you know? So I, I'm, I'm really planning on trying to go back next year uh, as well. I don't know that we'll get there next year. Uh, we're talking about a couple different ideas for our trip, but mm-hmm. it's just, it was so hard not to be there this year. After you've been there, it's so hard not to be there.
1: Uh, that was a question i had earlier is if you had your trip planned out for next year
0: uh you know it's it's 19. funny we 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 we've talked about a few things my wife's been wanting to go to iceland so uh we're thinking about at least doing part of the trip uh flying into iceland and uh and renting uh, bmw that you know there's a couple of different companies there that you can rent uh bmw adventure tours okay. so uh you know and and they've got all kind of different packages you can do you know, self-guided, you can do, uh, you can do a, a, a guided tour, you can do a group tour. So, um, I think we'll probably end up going to Iceland. A friend of hers, uh, Wendy, uh, that she went to high school with, she, uh, they, they went this year and sent a bunch of pictures back and it really looked like a cool trip. So I think we'll, we, we talked about doing the island. We talked about renting a house this year on the Isle of Man with some friends of ours, uh, just maybe getting a, getting a house and going for at least part of the, uh, the fortnight and then maybe uh, going from there to Iceland for a few days. So that, that's that's an idea. My friends Pete and Helen are trying to talk me into doing a two week trip down to down to Spain. Uh so it's uh you know, we'll we'll see. We'll get a little bit closer before we start planning next year's trip. We talk a lot at this time of year, but usually right before Christmas we'll start uh, making uh hard and fast plans.
1: You have options. Good to have options.
0: It's good to have options. Absolutely.
1: Very nice. All right. Well, I do have one more thing to mention, and then we need to thank some people. And I know we're running a little long, but I do have some other things to cover this evening. And I just want to mention again, I think we mentioned this on the last show, but Sean is doing the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride coming up here in the fall. And that is a fundraiser for men's health that he's going to be doing. And I'm going to try and do that in Charlotte as well if I can, setting that up. I've got my, my attire all set up. But now I need a vintage bike, so that's what we're working on. <laughs> and we'll have a link in the show notes to that if you want to uh, contribute directly to Sean's page and uh, make it so. All right, sir. Thank you very much for that. And I'd like to take a quick moment here and recognize the people who continue to make our show possible. And we do that by thanking the riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. That's our first five riders, Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Thank you, fellas. The Slack Pack is Chuck, Knobby Tire, Old Man Slacker, Sir Mike, and Squatchy Pete. Barbershop group is Chad and Steve. And the big group, we have Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Dave, James, Bronco Ride, Rich, Joe, and our special guest, Sean. Thank you very much. And we have Darren, the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, and Jared are our insiders. So we encourage everyone to check out loudpipes.net slash donate if you're interested in supporting the show and getting in on some of the additional perks we have once you are a member. And also, don't forget to check out the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. Again, we'll have a link for that in the show notes for you to click on. All right, Johnny John, you still awake?
2: Huh, huh, hmm. Yeah. Hmm, what, huh, what, hmm. what, what? What? Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: I'm awake. Yeah. Yeah. What we're we talking about? Iron That's Island? good
1: stuff, man. I I I have to admit though, while while he's talking about these trips, I'm I sort of got in this dreamland state. Like while Sean's talking about you know the Alps and the Stelvio, and I'm just I, my mind is just drifting, and I'm like, yeah, I wonder what it's like to ride there, and I'm just in this weird like dream state of planning out future rides.
2: Oh my god. It's you, kinda weird. You, you're planning? Are you feeling okay? Well, okay. I'm planning
1: mentally. Let's not get crazy here. All right. Get crazy. I,
0: I tell you this, Rich. I'll tell you what gets you through the year after you do trips like this, the only thing that gets you through the rest of the year is planning your next trip. That's that's what you have to do, is is that's it's what keeps your mind occupied when you're not on a trip is planning the one for next year.
1: I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. All right, John. We have a little bit of feedback to cover.
2: Okay. What have we got?
1: So Mark on Facebook was looking for a little more mention, I'll say, or or fire or excitement over the front end of the ADV bike from Harley, which we talked about last week. And I know some people absolutely hate it. It's ugly. It's the worst thing they've ever seen. I think one comment in the clubhouse was the designer should have been fired. You know, it was like... <laughs> There was a lot of uproar, I think, for a bike we've only seen on the internet. So, you know, I'll admit it's not the greatest looking front end, but I'm kind of saving judgment until I actually get to see it. And that was really kind of why I tempered the, you know, the outrage, if you will, over the front end.
2: Well, also you got to think about it's also a couple years away. So until it hits the market, you don't know what it's going to look like.
1: Right, it could change, right? The front end could change between now and then. I
2: mean, prototypes, it's kind of like, it's a mock drawing. I think that's the most rough draft bike they did. I think that's what they said, you know? Well, that
1: one's a planned model for 2020. So that that should be here next year with the Livewire.
2: Oh, okay. I thought The Pan America is the one
1: that's, yeah, that actually has a model. The other ones are future. Okay. So it's got to be pretty close, and I don't... I don't know, Sean. You saw the the new ADV bike from Harley, didn't you? I did. What'd you think of that?
0: You know, it's <laughs> uh,
1: it, you can it, be honest.
0: It it, it it does. I think somebody had mentioned it, it was like uh like a super glide, and maybe something else had like a child, and
2: <laughs> yeah, that was that was bacon on uh, unfortunately on the Motor nobody's episode. Fourteen that hasn't came out yet, where he said Road Glide and Africa Twin met up, had a little one night stand, and that's what came out.
0: It, I mean, if you can really look at the front of that, and you can see that that Road Glide Super Glide type of uh, you oh, know, yeah. feel. But I'll say this about the, the whole lineup. you know I know everybody was talking about it last week. You know you guys did the podcast on it. Uh, all, all of the motorcycle world was a buzz about that. And you know, you know, love Harley or, or hate Harley, uh, I, I really have to applaud them, you know, dragging themselves into the 21st century, you know this way, because I mean really, I, I really think it's a, it's a huge departure from what they've been doing. Uh, and I think it's a smart move. I think if you want to be viable and if you, you want to survive yeah, in, in, you know, today's short attention span world, you've really got to have some options. So, you know, do yeah. you think, do you think of Harley when you think of ADV Mike? No, I, I don't think anybody does, but, but that's a great market. I mean, you know, ever since, you know, long way round and long way down came out, you know, with and McGregor and Charlie Borman. Yeah, I mean, the, everybody and their brother. That even if you didn't ride, you wanted a uh, you wanted a BMW adventure tour so you could go ride around the world. And you know, getting yep. getting getting into that market is, is is smart. You know, and then the other bikes they did too. You know, it's real. You know, liquid cooled, and and you know I know your favorite, the Live Wire, that you know that electric bike, that's a big thing, you know. And I've had a lot of people in the industry talking about those zeros, and um, and you know the 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 TT zero race is getting such good publicity. You know, they're doing the Isle of Man uh, circuit on the electric bikes. It's a it's a great move. Yeah, they on, broke. The, um, uh,
1: Well, they broke 120 mile an hour average this year. Yes,
0: yes, yes, they did. It was they, yeah. yeah. It's uh, I remember when they uh the I think the uh, somebody had offered – I forgot who it was – had offered uh, uh, 10,000 pounds for the first team to break the 100-mile-an-hour the mark, and they did that a few years ago. So now here they are at 120. I mean, it's – that's how fast that technology is 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 moving.
1: But, yeah, it's changing. But, and they're yeah, all so, finishing the race now, which is another big thing because initially it was a big feat just to finish the darn race.
0: A- absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, – you know, so looking at the front end of that thing, it, it's – it's different and, and it, it doesn't, you know, I don't know quite where to be on it. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not as ugly as the KTM it, adventurer, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not attractive either. So it's, but it's, it's something though. No, and it does, I think it keeps that, that Harley signature, you know? So I I think it's probably a smart move. You know, I was, I was, I'm impressed with what they did, like I say, and, and, and never, uh, I'm not against Harley's, but I've never been a huge a huge fan or a huge follower, but but I, I really, really commend what they've done with that. I think it was a good move.
1: Yeah, and I like it from the side. I think its side profile is going to be, at least for now, from what I can tell, is going to be its best look and remains to be seen what it will look like in its final product from the front because, you know, they may change it. It's plenty yeah. of time.
0: The chances it looks like. Uh, you know in in final production it looks like what it looks like now you know you don't you know, it's probably not much of a chance it's going to have some changes of course but 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 good on them for doing that you
1: know yep cool well we do appreciate the feedback though that means people care about the bike so maybe that's the best signal that harley could could have is that everyone does have some sort of reaction to it and that's good for them good or bad all right, um, some other quick details, um, not anything we're really going to talk about, but I want to also thank Tim on Facebook. He provided some additional uh, engine and platform detail on the new bikes, so I appreciate that. And once we get a chance to ride these bikes and see them in person, I'm sure we'll be talking about it again. And John, this one is directed squarely at you, my friend. Yeah, it is, huh? <laughs> So Jacob from Albuquerque sent us in uh, some feedback via email. Uh, said he was a new listener. He loves the show, and he's wanting to know if John's West Coast road trip takes him near Albuquerque.
2: It does. Smack John, in the middle. It does. Smack in the middle. In fact, we I've traded emails with him a couple times. Uh plan is to stay overnight there on Tuesday night. So we are planning to hook up, is what we're talking about, and gave us some feedback. So pretty cool.
1: Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. That is cool. Ex- expand on the the love of the show.
2: It is. And, and if any listeners are out there that are west and are in any of the areas that I might be going through, stopping, staying overnight, you know, hit us back feedback at com, And, you know, Rich will give me the information. and uh, Pass it along. Pass it along. And we'll, we can hook some stuff because that's part of my goal is to on the trip, it isn't just for me to travel, but if anybody wants to hook up, even at a gas station for five, ten minutes, I don't mind stopping and chatting with people, so
1: very nice. And John snores, just keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. We haven't we haven't done this in a while, and I have a feeling this is gonna be one of the best lists ever that we've done. And that is our eight days a week. So anytime we have a guest or even we've done this amongst ourselves and in the clubhouse, we like to list out our ultimate garage, if you will. But there's a limit. So you have to think about it and you have to sort of pick your favorites. So the idea is seven things to ride or drive, one to work on, and optionally your birthstone, which would be a motorcycle of your birth year that you would like. So technically you get nine. So Sean, interested in playing? absolutely (laughs) he's probably got the list already fire away i'll get yeah go ahead
0: (laughs) i did i did write down a couple of things beforehand but it is a lot of pressure i want to say that you know i don't appreciate all the pressure you're putting me under that this is going to be the greatest list ever you know let's let's not put a lot of pressure on the
1: guests so well with with the power of editing it may only be the live stream that hears
0: that (laughs) i got you uh Okay, here we go. Um, the first two are are pretty easy, just because I'm kind of a practical guy. Number one would mm-hmm. be the new 2018 Goldwing. because <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm going to tell you that that I think they did so, Honda did so many things right with that bike. I, I really do. I think they did so many things right with that bike that I, I've, I've I've still got to ride one. John says going to hook me up. I uh, hope I get to go uh, get to go <laughs> test ride one. I, I missed my opportunity in Austin because it rained. Um, yep. but, but that's an easy one. Uh, the next one is, uh, brand new 2018 BMW, uh, R 1200 GS adventure, because I think that would be a cool one up touring bike. Plus it's, you know, you got a little off road, gravel road, round the world kind of adventure feel going on there. So it's, uh, I will have to buy a set of, uh, mashing day uh, safety gear to ride that, right. but, but, you know, that's okay. We can get that. number three is kind of a fun one um 1978 honda cbx the the inline the inline six cylinder just because it looks so cool to see all that motor hanging out Mm -hmm. of both sides of that bike so uh and the sad thing is i know where there's one local but the guy won't sell it he won't let it go so uh just
1: it kills me uh, real quick the one that looks like a goozy is that the CX 500 That's a CX yep that's a CX 500 okay yep okay yeah. the
0: CBX is a 1000 six cylinder 1000
1: right right yeah okay
0: okay the next one 1918 Indian Power Plus
1: oh, cuz way back
0: oh I, I i really want a flat side tank i i want a uh i, I want an old uh pre-war bike and and I chose the 1918 because you know they do the uh, the century race every year at Barber, and it's got to be a bike that's 100 years old. So I figured that'd be a fun one to do the uh, do the century race on.
1: Okay.
2: Well, oh, the me.
0: Barber. I, I heard the uh, I heard the, the change go in there.
2: <laughs> oh, and we will answer that question. Remind me when we're done with your list.
0: Absolutely. Uh, the the next one uh, it's kind of a funny story, and you guys already know it. But a nineteen seventy six Land Rover Series three, because I'm actually waiting, I, and I, I put that on my dream list because I am so hoping that it makes it here unscathed and through customs where I can finally claim it. Because uh, as you know, I just purchased one in England, and uh, having it shipped over, my friend uh, dropped it off at the port this morning. So uh, really hoping that gets here in one piece. So. That's cool. The, the, the number, the next one is absolutely the, it's, it's the most awesome, uh, on my list, the 1952 Vincent Black Lightning. And it's anybody, oh, yeah. anybody that knows me knows I'm just a, a freak for Vincent's. In fact, I saw one for sale, not the Black Lightning, of course, but, a, a but a Rapide saw so it, um, saw it for sale about two years ago for 40 grand. And I kept thinking, can I mortgage the house and buy this bike? So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I'm, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty serious. I, I I've, um, but if you're going to shoot, you know, you say there's no, there's no money's no object. So you might as well shoot the moon. When, no. When you go. For yeah, that's space. right. That's right. Uh, okay. Another fun, uh, car, four wheel car, uh, 1964 Aston Martin DB five, the James oh. Bond special. Oh, you know, I'm named after James Bond, so I always have a soft spot in my heart for all things James Bond. So the <laughs> the '64 Aston Martin DB5 is just it's awesome. So that's uh,
1: that's seven. That's and I think seven. Lego just came out with a kit of the DB5.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, recently
1: James Bond edition and all.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So that's seven, right?
1: That's seven. Now you need a project or three. Okay
0: a project or three well i've I've got plenty of those yes the thing is is that i have to choose a project i don't have because i've got so many going at the moment but really for a project bike 1972 yamaha xs 650 that Very nice that was my old man's first new bike in 1972 he he bought a new bike went to the yamaha dealership and bought that bike and back then i mean that was a super bike. I mean, that XS650 was, uh, I mean, that was a, you know, 100 mile, you know, 100 plus mile bike. And 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 it was basically, it was the, you know, I hate this, you know, almost the high boost of its day. It was a super fast bike. And so I've always, uh, I remember when my dad had it, when I was a kid, he sold it uh, probably before I was a teenager, but I remember that bike. And so I think that would be a cool project bike. The, uh, the old man's first bike.
1: Awesome. That's a good one. <sighs> And did you want to partake in the birthstone?
0: A- absolutely, we'll go with the birthstone. Uh, you know, and I, I just uh, nineteen seventy four Honda CB seven fifty because you know, I'll have to say that there wasn't a lot of cool things around seventy four. It just seemed to be kind of you know the early seventies, late sixties, early seventies had mm-hmm. a lot of cool bikes. Uh, as you started getting in the late seventies, early eighties, you started getting into some cool things. That the middle of the the, the middle of the decade was a was a little lax, but but those uh, those single cam CB seven fifties, man, those things were those were awesome. Those were awesome bikes. I've had one. I just just sold one. Uh, so I think that would be, be a good burst on bike seventy four Honda CB
1: seven fifty. Awesome. Good list. That is a very good list. That's ranks right up there with the best of them.
0: Well, well good. I'm glad. I didn't want to let you down after you you, you put so much pressure on me. I didn't, I didn't want to let it down. So.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's see. Any final thoughts, John? Any anything else you want to hear from Sean or anything before we sign off?
2: No, I'm good, man. Thank you, Sean, for coming on. It's been a great episode.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, I thank y'all for, for,
0: for having me. And I mean, I hope it's been, uh, hope it's been entertaining and I hope it's been educational. I hope that, uh, hope it, if it does nothing but inspire somebody to say, you know, Hey, I'm going to take that trip to Europe and, and, or I'm going to take that trip across the country. I had a friend that, that, you know, took a trip to to Alaska on his Harley. I mean, you know, get out there and tour and stay off the interstate, stay on the, you know, go on the little roads, you know, and, and, and see something. Don't, don't plan, you know, a thousand miles a day, you know, take your time, enjoy the trip.
1: Sounds like sound advice, John. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, yes, I want to thank you again for that. This was, was a good episode. Like I said, kind of put me in a dream state for some European touring and certainly the Isle of man. And, um, I'm sure we'll be, I'm sure we'll be doing something again because you have quite a collection of bikes and projects. So I'm sure this is not the last. Absolutely. Okay. And once again, I'd like to thank our writers of Loud Pipes for their continued support. And if you're interested in joining this group, check us out at loudpipes.net forward slash donate. And we have some additional info- – oops, sorry, skipped my live stream. <laughs> um, we do the show as often as we can, Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And you can join us at loudpipes.net forward slash live uh, grab the Mixler app, put that on your phone. You'll get notified as soon as we go live, whether it's Thursday or Wednesday, like today. And additional information from this episode, including links and certainly some images from Sean's European adventures, can be found on the website, loudpipes.net 131 for this episode. You can leave us some feedback there, subscribe to the show, and of course, follow us on social media. All right, Johnny John, kickstands up.
2: Yeah, man, let's roll.
1: Thank you, Sean. Appreciate your time again and ride safe. Absolutely. All right, good night.
2: Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. We offer generous rewards for your contribution. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash
0: donate.